guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Happy New Year, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Made for This podcast. Today, you get to hear from Jenny and Laura Casey. Laura is an author and the CEO of Cultivate What Matters. She has created a goal-setting tool called PowerSheets. The PowerSheets are an amazing tool that help you focus on what really matters and to live intentionally each day. We'll make sure to put all the info about PowerSheets in the show notes. She also has an amazing podcast called Cultivate Your Life with Laura Casey. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So make sure you check that out. And we just know that you're going to love this conversation today with Jenny and Laura Casey. All right. Well, you know... Laura Casey, how I feel about the things you build. <laughs> you are very encouraging. And I, ditto to you. I love them. I feel like you got in my brain and built exactly what personally I love. So let's talk about what you build because it's a new year and we are all about dreaming here. And the reason we're all about dreaming, I want to start with this. The reason we are all about dreaming is... I really believe God is a dreamer, and yes. I believe if we don't ever stop our crazy lives and analyze what we're doing and why we're doing it, it gets away from us. And I feel like even the way you write the questions you ask, speak to that, that that there's an intentionality to life for you and your brain, Laura, that is so beautiful. So talk a little bit about what you build and how and why you built it. Yes. Uh, first of all, just really grateful to be chatting with you about this because anyone that can join in this work to help women to shift their focus and their attention away from things that are going to fail them, which is basically anything that doesn't last in this world, um, fires my soul up. And that's what we do is we have, you know, we have products, but really at the heart of these products that we've created is a mission to help women look at the big picture and have a paradigm shift in the way they think about life. Instead of living by this narrow to-do list and living by the world's expectations, hey, wait a minute, what is going to matter to you when you're 80 or mm. 90 or 100 years old? And how does that change the way you're going to live now? So that's why I love all that you do, Jenny. I think I've probably told 100 people this week about your new book coming out in the new year. So <laughs> I'm ready for Thank it too. You, friend. Well, you know, I, I do I do think there's an urgency in me and I think it's in you too, yeah. which is why even though we haven't spent time together in person, I feel so kindred to you. And mm. I think it's this this urgency that we both share that we all seize the day and use our lives well. Yes. And so graciously last year, and I didn't even know till it was under my chair when I sat down at <laughs> If Gathering, you gave everybody we like that, surprises. Oh my gosh, I <laughs> lost my mind because it really is one of my very favorite things in life is is your power sheets because the questions you ask get to the core of that 
ultimate goal, which is let's spend our lives well. So it's what do we hope for? What's holding you back from that? What are you afraid of? And when I do Mm -hmm. it before a month, so you have the one I'm using currently, it kind of sets you out in the beginning of each month, which I don't always do on the first day. But usually when I get a significant chunk of time alone in that month, I'll just pull open to that month and kind of jot all those things down, you know, and it's just like exactly what the get out of your head book is talking about is this idea of intentionally noticing what you're thinking about because our fears are holding us back but we don't really name them we don't write them down we don't Mm. talk about them and yet I believe that first practice how have you seen that as an important step to actually living intentionally as naming your fears and your hopes and putting those in writing well it's totally changed my life uh you know I think the reason I'm so passionate about this too is not just God consistently opening my heart and my soul to it, but I've lived on the other side of it. I've lived completely by accident in my life and chasing all the wrong things, like to the point where I felt like I was at rock bottom. And then, no, wait a minute. I got to a deeper rock bottom after that. I've been there. And so when I, when I hear and I see whether it is in person or through email or anything, when I feel women experiencing that, man, nothing fires me up more than helping women to flip the script. So like you said, when we are stepping into these things, sometimes even just talking about stepping into our fears or just acknowledging, and like you said, noticing what is there, it's going to help to clear out a pathway for us to make room for the new things that God has for us. Because I, I feel like that's probably one of the biggest things that women struggle with that they tell me is, I'm already so overwhelmed. I can't imagine adding something else to my already full plate. (laughs) And to that, I say, I get it. (laughs) You know, I don't want that either. But that is where our word cultivate comes in. To cultivate Mm. means to break up the soil and to break up the hard ground, to break up those old roots and the past and the rocks that are there. It doesn't say, though, it doesn't mean to completely remove all that stuff, it means to grow in the ground that you're standing on with those things. Mm. So that's why I love, you know, I love the the practical planning side of things, but at the heart of it, I love getting a clean slate at the beginning of a month and um, doing it from that heart of knowing that we're going to break up the old stuff to make room for the new stuff. There's got to be something hardwired in our DNA about a new year and maybe it's a new week too (laughs) and a new month. Of yep. just, you just want to make changes. You, you yeah. Something in you is just, it wants a reset. It wants that blank slate. And so I'm imagining all over right now, people are taking this small little margin that many of us get away from work. Not everyone does, but hopefully you'll get some time in this week away from work where you can actually sit down and and dream and think about your life intentionally. And what if they have an idea? Because you and I both are idea people. We, <laughs> I know this because I follow you yes, online. Ma'am. I see your ideas all the time coming to life. And I love all your ideas. And so what does it look like for you when you have that idea to make a decision? Is this something I should do? Is this something I should consider and wait on and sit on? Is this something maybe I shouldn't do? Mm, yes, yes, yes. Well, I love this question because I feel like we all wrestle with this. Yes. You know, how do you know if your dreams are God-led and not from yourself? How can you tell the difference? And I I know that we feel, I felt this way, we feel afraid that we're going to make the wrong choices, that we're going to either choose the wrong goals or set out on the wrong pursuit. 
And I think, first of all, we just have to ask God. I know it sounds so simple, but it's fundamental. Is first, God wants us to ask him whether or not these things are right. And when we feel lost in those moments that you have right now of, you know, dreaming about the year ahead or the decade ahead, when you feel lost in those goals or in your purpose or in choosing between one path or another, ultimately, he wants you to be with him. He just wants you to ask for help, not because he wants to give you a perfect answer, but because he just wants you. Mm. And then I think we can do a little check-in. So practical tips here. Um, There's really no one-size-fits-all plan for this, but number one, open the word. Look for specific scriptures or stories, examples in the Bible that confirm the goal that you have in mind. Like, have you seen this pattern walked out before? And again, these are fundamental things, but is your goal biblically sound? Sometimes we think to ourselves, this is going to be really awesome and just grow my life before we stop and we say, mm. hey, God, is is this good? Like, are, are you in this? And then number two, again, ask him, <laughs> just ask him. He's so good. He wants to instruct us. He says, I'm going to instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. That's that's just what's in the Bible. So let's ask him. And then I love this is ask trusted friends or mentors for guidance. And, you know, it might be your significant other. It might be a friend that you're doing some goal planning with or your best friend or your roommate. Yes. Um, but ask for uh, guidance from God loving mentors who kind of have a different perspective about your life than you might. It's always hard to make decisions about whether or not to take a step forward on a goal or a dream when we're in it. We've got all the emotion wrapped up in it, you know? So I think taking a step back is really helpful. And lastly, dreams that are bigger than us are sometimes from him because we know that they will require his strength and he will get all the glory because there's no possible way we could do them without him. And so sometimes I keep that in mind. If it's really uncomfortable for me to think about stepping into a goal or a dream, sometimes I'm like, oh, God, really? I don't want to do that. That's going to call me to be more courageous than I have the courage for right now. And sometimes that is something worth leaning into. Mm. Okay. So when you get that idea and you've kind of run it through those channels that you just spoke of, which I think are so crucial, I, I would say the first and obvious one with God is urgent and we always have to do it. And one we don't realize will provide godly wisdom is running it past people that know us and love us. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I can look back at so many points in my life and that was how I knew what God was saying. It was through people I trust. You know, I'd ask God, what do you think? And then when I took it to community, there was, I mean, almost always there's this overwhelming answer of yes or yes. no or wait. Yes. And and it's funny because they won't even know each other, right? I'll, oh, yeah. I'll specifically go to people that don't know each other. So this isn't some manipulated <laughs> cause to shut me down, you know. Uh-huh. But but it is so helpful to bring people into it. Uh, but they have that idea. They've run it past their channels and they feel like they're supposed to go. But it seems too crazy. And <laughs> and you're saying that that's a better sign than anything, like that it might be God. So, But what does that first step look like towards that for you in your life? Yeah. I, you know, first, I think we have to ask a basic practical question. Is it right for right now? Like, what is this going to cost us? And it, it's a tricky question to answer because when you think about what an idea or a goal is going to cost you, a good cost, a good, you know, thing to lay down is, say, our pride. 
or feeling like we're not going to have enough courage or strength to do it. Like we can lay that down and God can help us with that. But if it is in a season where you already have a full plate, like maybe you're caring for an ailing parent or you're going through a job transition or something like that. In those times, we really have to stop and say, what is this going to cost me? Like, is this maybe a really good pursuit? Like totally God led. I've prayed about it. God says go, but maybe it's best for four months from now and not right now. So we have to stop and and consider the season that we're in to make sure we can really sink our teeth into it. And then (laughs) I've been there, you know, I've been there standing at the starting line of something and wanting to go after a dream or a goal and just flat out being afraid, you know, and being afraid to take an action step on a goal and getting so focused on the goal itself that I kind of edge out God in the process. And that's what we're trying to avoid here. So I'd say when you have a crazy idea, number one, like go back and do that checklist that we talked about. But number two, know that the right goals will always lead you on his path in his Mm. ways and not away from him. Mm. That's just, it's very simple, simple math. So if it's going to cost you time relationship with God, not a good idea. But uh, second, know that you're not going to have an idea and then take that first step forward. And then you're just going to coast from there. Like you're done with the conversation with God about it. God wants you to stay connected to him every step of the way. And that's like the half scary part about it and half absolutely wonderful part about it is that he is the goal. (laughs) And so when you're following the purposes that he has for us, it is like following a map. So just like you would go on a long road trip You kind of have to keep checking the map to make sure you're headed in the right direction. And if you lose sight of the destination and the plan, you might find yourself on unfamiliar territory. But then you can come back to the map. Like, it's okay. You can go off on a little side street now and then. Like, God knows that. But come back to the map, get back on track, and know that he wants your heart. So when you have a crazy idea, I can't give you a one-size-fits-all for that, but just know that ultimately he wants you to continue to ask him and not just say, okay, God, tell me the answer, and then I'm going to run with this for the rest of the year. You want to hear a great story? Please. (laughs) I I mean, it's terrifying, really, when I look back at it. But if gathering was an idea in my heart, and it had grown into – I don't even, I think it did have a name, but that might have been about it. (laughs) And, and yet I had the opportunity to sit down with Beth Moore, who I had never met before that point. Amazing. Amazing. Right. I was so nervous. You can imagine I'm having lunch at her office (laughs) with she and her daughter and I was so excited and I just shared all, you know, everything I know at the time. And she, I will never forget this. She grabs both my hands and she said, I think this is from God. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then she said, because you have no earthly idea what you're doing. (laughs) Yes. yes. And I was like, oh What a great example. But I've never forgotten it because honestly, seven years later, Laura, leading if, I still have no idea what I'm doing. And what I love about that is that, and what she knew then, which is what she saw and what she was saying was you're following God and yeah. and there's yeah. no architectural plans. I wasn't running by a business plan pastor. Like there, right. there was obedience and as much as I knew at that moment, and I think that people can look at things. In fact, I have often been interviewed about If Gathering over and over again. But then what did you do? Like, what were the things that you did? And <laughs> I was like, the steps, we have right. one staff person. Like, I don't know what you think. 
Like we didn't have a marketing department. Like there wasn't a budget. We didn't have any money. The only money that we had was a pay what you can model that was going to come in after the event. I was like, yeah. there, there was no, we didn't have a strategy here. And I think it's important for people to see behind the curtain of people like you and I that build big things yes. to know that when God is really truly in something, it is not practical. It doesn't make sense. You just step in faith and obedience and it feels like you're on the ocean where feet may fail, which is that song. You know, I just always relate to that song. I'm like, that's what it felt like. And it still does. So I love what you're saying. I love it, love it, love it. Because I think you're right. Ultimately, what is God after? He's after a relationship and us depending on him day in and day out. Why would he give us architectural plans for the next 10 years? Absolutely. And I think that's why I love the way you build. What do you call them besides power? Like, planners i mean what do you they're not necessarily even planners they're like look peer at your soul and like cut you open and <laughs> i love you dig out your i insides. like that better i'm gonna put that on our next cover surgery 20, 21 power sheets peer at your soul quote jenny ellen um no i love what you're saying because i feel like from the sidelines having watched if grow like from the beginning to now and just seeing how you know even this year you guys said hey we're actually going to do something totally different and you know change up the venue we want to really bring this back to basics and simplify Mm -hmm. things what a beautiful picture of you doing what we just talked about which is walking with him step by step and you know the other thing that i i have done myself and have seen so many women struggle with, we struggle with, we get into the second or third step of the plan that we feel like God has brought us into. And it gets hard. It gets like real hard. And then we think, okay, it's hard. <laughs> therefore, this must not be the right plan. <laughs> we are such what am I doing whips. <laughs> I'm going to speak for myself. I am such a whip. You cannot know how many times I have fantasized about shutting things down oh, because yeah. they were hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're calling it. Quit uh-huh. things too. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. And then sometimes there's a time for that, right? And right. you've you've seen Certainly. that. I know that's part of your story. Why don't you yeah. share about that difference of of sometimes it's hard and you're supposed yeah. to press through. In fact, not sometimes. Most of the time <laughs> it is 99%. hard. And you press through because you're supposed to and it's obedience. But then there's the times you should shut down a dream. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it it is never an easy thing to close a chapter on something. But for us, I started Southern Weddings Magazine uh, 11 years ago. And the it's funny, I was just telling a, a close friend yesterday, it was such an accident that Cultivate What Matters started. Accident meaning God had a plan, but on our end, we had no intentions of starting a shop and making money in a shop. That was no business plan at all. Uh, Very similar to what you said. It's like we weren't following some blueprint that someone gave us. We made the decision to print a print that said love never fails on it because that was the heart of our fifth anniversary issue for Southern Weddings. And we thought to ourselves, how can we get good words and good thoughts into people's hearts and homes more than just once a year with our print edition? And that's kind of what snowballed into the Southern Wedding Shop and then us starting the Cultivate Shop. And long story short, both of these businesses kept growing and growing and growing. And we came to a place of restlessness, of friction, where I thought to myself, okay, both of these things are really good. How in the world am I supposed to give up one of these things? I can't give up one. So the obvious answer is to do what the world says, which is to grow both. 
And we had one team doing all of this, you know, just like you said, like one employee at the beginning. And so uh, I, however, at the, in that season, I knew that I wanted to be homeschooling my daughter, Grace. And these two ideas were very much opposing each other. And then God, as we wrestled with this, told us, you know, maybe this isn't closing down a dream. Maybe you've completed the work I've given you to do. Mm-hmm. And then feeling that confirmation that, yes, we actually have completed the work that we had been given to do with Southern Weddings so that we could not just affect women in a marrying stage of life, but in every stage of life. That became the dream. That was the God-led dream that he gave us. And like you said, Jenny, I had hoped that in that bittersweet closing of this really beautiful, wonderful decade of our lives with Southern Weddings, that it would be halos and moonbeams after that. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's like we think, okay, God, I've been obedient to what you've asked me to do. I've done this really hard thing. Now let's coast. And it mm. wasn't like that. And he had a lot of transition and hardship for us and, and difficult things in the season that followed that. But there's always such a good but dot, dot, dot after these things when you're walking in his direction. He wanted us to grow so much more in our faith so that our focus would be in the right place. And I could say so much more about that. But the point is, it's okay to let go of a dream. It's okay to let go of a dream, to make room for something new, even if you don't know what is going to happen on the other side of the obedience, that step that you need to take. And for us now here, almost a little bit over a year later since that hard season, I am so grateful that God had us walk into that mess. I am so grateful that he had us walk into the fire because that fire refines our souls and our team has never been closer. The work we do has never been clearer for his mission. And I wouldn't have known that about eight months ago. So what was the hardest part on the other side for you? Oh, the hardest part I think is coming into a new normal, especially as a leader, coming into leading a whole new charge on something that doesn't have the memories and the legacy that Southern Weddings had built over that long span of time. Really, the hardest part is embracing slow growth. It's like what we teach all the time. It's okay to grow slow. And it's real hard. (laughs) You know, I wanted immediately for our team to gel and for me to be able to lead them clearly and have clear objectives and so many things. And yet God did not have that in the plan. He Mm. said, actually, first, you need to do what you're teaching people. And that is to cultivate the soil you're standing on and break up the hard ground. And then I'm going to give you some seeds to plant in due time. Mm. I want to talk about two words that I'm fascinated by. And and I feel like these two words are different. And they have, I've been able in my life to kind of start to notice when I'm living into one of these two words. So I want you to describe the difference for you between drivenness and calling. Ooh. I feel like this is the ultimate question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it really is. It is the wrestling that we have in our souls of, am I doing this for me or am I doing this because God is leading me to? And I, I start with asking myself what I call the golden question. And that is, you know, what we spoke about briefly before, where do you want to be in the big picture? What is going to actually matter when you're 80, 90, 100 years old? And sometimes that's difficult for me to envision, but I love the flip side of that question. What's not going to matter when I'm at that point in my life? Um, It's really easy for me to answer the what's not going to matter and then look at my life today and say, okay, am I doing this one particular thing because I just 
feel like I really want people to like me right now. Mm. Like I'm feeling a, a lack of connection with the Lord and I would just really like some praise right now. Or, or am I focusing on this and, and doing this and I have this before me because this is part of getting me to where God wants me to be when I'm 80, 90, 100 or however long he lets mm. me live. So the point is, why am I doing this? That's what you have to ask yourself. Why are you doing this? And I think that we are really good. Like we're, we are smart cookies. We are so creative at coming up with some really good reasons as to why we do some of the things we do, right? right? Oh yeah. And they sound very spiritual. They sound great. I can convince myself and a whole lot of people that this is a great pursuit, but you know, you feel that tension in your soul. You do. You just feel like, okay, you know, at the end of the day, this actually doesn't matter. And I've the the verse from Psalm 9012 has just been ringing in my soul all year. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I think in that verse is the answer to this question. Driveness versus calling. When you are faced with the brevity of life and the gift of life at the same time, you can discern between those two things. Mm. Well, and I I sometimes it'll almost be physical for me of I will feel a hustle that's in me. And it's not that I'm even heading in the wrong direction, but it's the motivation and reason that I'm heading in it. And it's (laughs) like, until that quiets down, until that is dealt with, how would I know? Like, how would I know what was from God and what was me? Because Hmm. that, that hustle and I, you know, I call it a sit and spin where you're just, you're just kind of, you're spinning and you don't totally know why but you know that probably what you're doing from that position isn't (laughs) god's best yes (laughs) yes it probably won't result in god's best and so so often i feel like i just have to get off the sit and spin and the way i always do that is just to meet with jesus and and i feel like it then i can see straight and honestly i'm not just saying this laura your pages have helped me do that where Mm. sometimes it's just it really is as simple as being still with a pen and paper with the right questions that you can kind of start to piece out what is actually happening and yes. why am I why am I falling cuz drivenness is exhausting right i mean we oh, really don't totally. enjoy that mode of operation it's not what we were built for and it's exhausting and and especially as we start a new year i think it's such a great time to kind of evaluate that for yourself like what is where have I been just running because I think I'm supposed to, because I think other people have asked me to, because I think it will matter to my reputation or to mm. my platform or whatever. And then where am I really supposed to be and what is God calling me to? And yeah, it's, yes. it's so well, important. I've seen you do this so well this year, Jenny. I mean, you've spoken about how you've intentionally taken time away and, you know, shut off the phone to the best of your ability. And um, I think that's really what it is, is if you can intentionally throw some darts into those cogwheels on a regular basis, you will shake up your brain because, I mean, and you know so much about this from probably writing this last book that you've written is when you, uh, your brain, it really seeks out pattern and habit. And we could just keep on doing the same old things that we've always done and keep sitting into, uh, the mode of listening to social media and listening to what other people are saying, or we can get uncomfortable and step away from that for a minute and get some perspective. And many times, like you said, it's just even the act of getting still, which may actually mean, being active. You know, it might mean taking a run and getting away from your desk, 
but just a time away from the normal day-to-day, um, even if it's just five minutes after the kids go to bed, just to open up your front door and take a breath of fresh air. You know, I've done that before, just two seconds. Um, sometimes that little dose of perspective can help us to see where we are feeling that tension, like you said, that physical tension that's telling us, hey, you know, are, are you exhausting yourself at the expense of the things that really do matter in the big picture? Or are you stepping into a time of super hard work? Like God does talk a lot about hard work in the Bible. There's a difference between those two things, though, depending on the motivation that you have. Mm. So this year, what are some of your dreams? What are you excited about? Um, <laughs> the only reason I hesitate is I'm still processing it, but it feels so simple. Um, on the same lines of what we just talked about, to me, the biggest thing is interacting with my physical Bible. And I, you know, I, I, I've been trying to wrestle with like, how do I put really nice, pretty words to that to make it into a goal? And I think it just doesn't need them. I think that that's <laughs> what I'm most excited about is, uh, is interacting with my physical Bible. I've loved reading my digital Bible and, you know, I occasionally have the physical Bible out, but to me, it is the the intentional act of stepping away from any device that's going to possibly distract me because I could mm-hmm. be in the middle of praying and then suddenly I'm making my grocery list. Right. And uh, really interacting with my physical Bible, writing in my physical Bible, using the power of handwriting, which really does start to trigger our brains to make decisions and to soak in the information that we're reading. Um, to me, that's what I'm most excited about because I know it's going to have a domino effect yes. in every other aspect of my life. Mm. Girl, let it be. Let it be true for all of us. I don't know that any other thing (laughs) could change our lives more than that being the regular pattern of our of our day. And I think it accomplishes everything we're talking about here, which is it allows us to look at our own souls because what does the Bible do when we sit before it? It it's a mirror and it shows us where we are and what we're doing. And so I am so excited to have you here and to be you know, your voice into everybody's life as the new year starts. I I just respect it so much. And I'm so thrilled that you're kind of leading us and prompting us forward. So before we go, Laura, will you pray for everybody that is going to grab their power sheets or their dream Uh, guide or whatever they're going to dream with and plan out this year? Mm, I would be overjoyed to. Father, thank you so much, first of all, for Jenny and for her stemming out into her obedience with you. And we just praise you so much for uh, this podcast too. I know it's spoken into my life, Lord. And God, I pray so much that you would open our souls and our minds so clearly to your voice in our heads. God, please take out all the other voices, take out all of the expectations of other people, take out the shoulds that are in our minds, God, and just replace them fully with you and your voice. God, I pray that we would turn our attention away from the things that don't last this year, like starting right now, right at this moment, even in the second after we finish listening here together, God, and our time together, I pray that we would instantly uh, throw a dart into the cogwheels of our normal reactions and those habits and turn our attention to you. God, please help us to see clearly what you want for us in the big picture and help us to act like it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So every year, 
Zach and I do something together that is my absolute favorite. We do it usually during the Christmas break, right in the new year, and we get away for several hours and we fill out this dream guide together. And I'm telling you, we've done it most of our marriage. And a few years ago, I put it in a little downloadable free guide. And I'm telling you what, thousands and thousands of you download it every year. So I want you to be able to get it. If you've never done it before, it is very worth your while. It's simple, you guys. It helps you process the year that you've just had and it helps you dream about the year that's coming. And it takes different categories of your lives. So you can go get it right now for free at JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E, a-L-L-E-N dot com.